Welcome to Abundant Life online worship experience today. We're so glad you could join us. Thank you for coming online with us via Vimeo and our ALCC online website or through Facebook Live. We're so glad you could participate with us today. Thank you for the time of worship and uh, just experience the, praise, the presence of the Lord through praise and worship. You know, I'm so glad that even though we're separated by space, we're not separated in spirit. Aren't you glad for that, that the Holy Spirit abides within us and we are together in him? Because there's no distance in the Lord. There's no distance. We are all together, in other words, the body of Christ. So thank you for joining us today. And I hope you've invited friends to come along and join us and, and to uh, participate in this worship experience. Maybe someone for the first time. And speaking of those for the first time, if you have actually joined us today and this is your first experience with us via online or uh, you've never been with us in the physical presence of our sanctuary, we are so glad you've made it today to join us. Thank you for uh, allowing us to come and worship, you to get, worship together with you. I would invite you, please, to help us to get better acquainted with you, to make a new friend, come alongside you to minister, particularly through prayer, uh, for you. So please go to, uh, simply text the word online to the number 62488. Again, text the word online to 62488. That will give you a drop-down connection card, and you can submit that. And we'd just like to say thank you for worshiping with us. God bless you, and uh, we want to pray for you, and God's peace be in your heart and your homes. We also want to invite everyone to, to, to hit the buttons like or to share uh, this experience with someone else. You're, feel free to comment or send questions uh, through uh, the comment uh, bar or through Messenger. Thank you for allowing us to hear from you and uh, join with you. And again, in today's message or the last few weeks regarding the end times, if you have a question, Please send it through Messenger, and I'll be glad to respond and try to help you uh, with the answer in any way possible. All right, so thank you for being with us. Uh, I want to also thank you for your faithfulness in prayer. Prayer is what keeps us together in this. It really is. Praying for one another, caring for one another, reaching out to one another, texting, calling. Thank you so much for doing that as the body of Christ. Also, I want to say thank you for your giving. You have been an extreme blessing uh, to this community and to uh, the continued ministries of the church here. One thing I want to let you know, though, thank you for your gifts, which allow us to send blessings to local area ministries such as Potter's Will, where this week we're providing a week's supply of food for them to distribute uh, through the inner city of Evansville. So thank you, because if you're giving, we can give to others, and God bless you richly. If you'd like to continue to that or uh, give even more beyond your tithe, that will be an extreme blessing for us. If you'd like to market gifts to the poor, please help us do that. We want to show great benevolence and mercy, even as God is merciful towards us. Amen? So God bless you. We want to start today, as we have the last several weeks, with the prayer of Unite 714, coming out of Second Chronicles 714, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and pray. He says, I will heal their land and forgive their sins. So that's what we want to do. You can go to unite714.com or you can go to our website, alccn.org, and pick up the prayer for this week, 
which we're going to launch today, right now. So join with me, please, uh, in, in praying with me for this. Come in agreement with me. Let's pray together now. Heavenly Father, for many weeks we have been living under the constant threat of COVID-19. Bombarded by bad news and sequestered in our homes, we have faced deep concerns and even the imminent possibility of sickness and financial hardship. There have been days we have struggled to stand in faith. Still, by your power and grace, we rise up. We put on our spiritual armor today through faith in Jesus Christ. We pray against COVID-19 by the word of God and through the strength of the Holy Spirit. We resist all the effects of COVID-19 on us, our families, churches, cities, and nations. This virus has loomed over the nations of the world and has reached every aspect of society. Despite these challenges, we stand before COVID-19 and declare our God is able to deliver us. We ask, O oh God, that by your great mercy, COVID-19 will be eradicated, that we will soon see it gone and reduced to nothing. Heavenly Father, increase our faith, work in our hearts, produce in us. O oh God, your character. You have shown us your mercy and grace countless times. We are thankful and humbly ask for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the peoples of the world. May countless millions be saved and discipled as your church boldly proclaims the gospel in this critical hour. This is our prayer and confidence through the mighty power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you for praying that prayer with us. Go daily, 7.14 a.m. or 7.14 p.m. and pray together with thousands of churches, hundreds of thousands of people around the world, in over 130 nations. So this is an interdenominational, intercontinental uh, experience among the body of Christ. So God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Now, today we're going to be wrapping up this sermon series entitled, Is This the End? Is This the End? Many people asking questions. What's going on? Uh, how come this pestilence, this plague, is this part of the end time? Because people know when they read the Bible, like in Revelation 6. We're going to, which we're going to come to in a minute, people say, I know that in the end times there's going to be great pestilences and there's famines and earthquakes, etc. And, and so is this the end? Is this the end? Well, we want to look at that, delve into it a little bit more today. We're going to finish up this sermon series. So let's go quickly to the word of the Lord. Go with me now to Matthew chapter 24 and let's pick it up and begin reading in verse 3. These are the words of the Lord as uh, he began to instruct and... Uh, enlighten the disciples and all of us today. Verse three, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you or see that you're not led astray is another way to put that. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith. And will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. 
but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Just real quick on that last verse, this gospel will be preached in all the nations. Is there a better time to get the word out to all the nations than today? I don't believe so. This is the time. And so his coming could be very soon. Amen. I mean, we are to live like Jesus could come today. And yes, of course, to plan like it might be another thousand years. But we've got to live with such great expectation. And here's what I want you to take home with you today. You may already be home, excuse me. But here's what I want you to take to your heart today and live on this for the next week. And actually, until he comes, here's what we need to understand. As Christians, we're not to be led astray uh, or be alarmed as we see the end approaching. Rather, we are to anticipate our Lord's soon return with great excitement. Amen? We're not to be led astray, we're not to be alarmed, but we're to anticipate our Lord's soon return. So regarding the end of the age, listen to the key words that Jesus instructs. How to live and abide uh, in a way that's not just surviving, but thriving in these last days. Let's think about it. He gives us two words of great instruction that we need to really take to our heart today. First of all, he says, see that no one leads you astray. See that no one leads you astray. Now, for a good picture of that, let's take a look and glimpse of the approaching uh, apocalypse, time period in the tribulation that is coming upon us that actually we're beginning and we have the sense of it already. But let's go to Revelation chapter 6 and read the word of the Lord there as to what is heading to the world. All right? Revelation 6, pick it up with me in verse 1. <clears throat> John the Revelator sees what is going on in heaven and he says this I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, come. Now let's just pause for a moment and take a look at this. This is the first of seven seals that will be opened and they're all going to be opened by Jesus. He is the lamb of God. I want you to understand that heaven talks more about Jesus being the lamb of God than any other title that he possesses. He is called the Lamb. Now, why? Why is the emphasis on Jesus being the Lamb of God for eternity in all of heaven and uh, celebrated by all the saints? Uh, why, why is that? Because we know that it was on the cross of Calvary that Jesus took up the sins of the world upon himself. He was the sacrificial Lamb of God. He was sent by his heavenly Father because his Father so loved the world that he gave him that any who believe and all who believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. Friend, it's the Lamb of God that gives us entry into heaven. It's the Lamb of God that by his shed blood forgives us of our sins and redeems us from all our transgressions. It's the Lamb of God. And it's the Lamb of God that we will worship in heaven. Yes, he is the King of kings. Yes, he is the Lord of lords. Yes, he is the triumphant one. Yes, he is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes, he will be riding on that great white horse one day to conquer the world and we'll be riding with him according to Revelation 19. Yes, he is all that and more. 
But forever the saints will be singing, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy. That's the theme song of heaven. That's the theme song of heaven. Worthy is the Lamb. Now let me ask you, aren't you anticipating heaven? Are you anticipating uh, to see the Lord Jesus face to face, to bow at his, at his feet and worship him? Aren't you anticipating to taking the crown of life that he gives to you as the chief shepherd of your soul and laying it down before his feet and giving honor and praise and worship to the Holy Lamb of God? Aren't you anticipating hearing hundreds of thousands upon thousands of people worshiping the Lamb of God around his mighty throne forever? Oh, I am. Aren't you excited about the happy reunion with your saved loved ones who've gone on to be with the Lord? Aren't you excited for that day? I know I am. I'm very excited. I'm anticipating his soon return. Oh, friend, that's, that's our attitude. That's how we should live. Amen? One day we will see him face to face. So Jesus says, see that you're not led astray, that no one leads you astray. A number of times in Matthew's 20, in Matthew 24, the rendering of uh, do not be deceived. Jesus said, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Now let's go to the first seal that's opened here. The first of four that we're going to look at quickly today and, and see what's going on. We're probably in the start of the last three and a half year period of the tribulation period, which is seven years. So we're in the middle of that seven years, at the very start of that middle, probably. And uh, the last three and a half years is just kicking off, so to speak. And the last three and a half years of that seven-year tribulation period is called the Great Tribulation. The church, which we are, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you've been washed by his precious blood, if you've accepted him as your Savior and he lives in your heart, you are the bride of Christ. The body of Christ is his bride, and one day, very soon, Jesus is going to come and take us away. Now, by this time in Revelation 6, the church has been rescued. We have been removed from planet Earth, and we're with him in heaven, all right? So that's already taken place. The Antichrist has been revealed in the first part of the tribulation period. He's been revealed. He set up shop, so to speak, in Israel. He's ruling over the Israelites and uh, Jews. He's made a covenant of peace with them. And they're operating with sacrifices and offerings there in the temple in Jerusalem. And they're just having a great time, so to speak. But he's also being ruthless and killing saints already, people who've become followers of Jesus. He's already begun to do that. However, what really gets things going in the Great Tribulation is that the Antichrist, according to Daniel and the words of Jesus, goes into the temple and builds an idol, which is called an abomination. Builds an idol in the middle of the temple so that people, men and women all around the world, will worship him. It's his idol. And he wants us to worship him instead of Jehovah. This is called by Jesus and the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, a desolation. And the abomination that causes desolation. And so the desolation becomes to come. So let's go here now and see what's taking place. Verse 2 says, I looked and there before me was a white horse. Was a white horse. So the horse and the four horses are soon are being released right now and their riders. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror built on conquest. Now, don't make the mistake. This is not Jesus the Christ. This is the Antichrist. 
He's wearing a crown, but it's one of like winning a, 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 a track event or a, a, a basketball. He's wearing a, a victorious crown in a sense of a conqueror, but he's not royal. This is not, this is not the royal diadem that Jesus wears later in the book of Revelation. Okay? So it's a different type of crown. It's a temporary crown. It's not an eternal crown of royalty. So here he is. He is coming. And uh, uh, this Antichrist who is working now uh, in this three and a half year period, he's becoming ruthless. He's already been at work. I'm, let me say it like this. The spirit of the Antichrist has been at work for a long time. Matter of fact, put in the present, present tense, the spirit of Antichrist is already among us. The spirit of Antichrist is already among us. Uh, he conquers primarily through deception. What Jesus warns us about is exactly what the Antichrist aims to do, and that's to deceive. He'll primarily use false religions and the occult to present powerful lies that blind people to the truth. Now, without going too far into that, because we could spend a long time with false religions and the occult practices of the world and Satanism, et cetera, et cetera, the practice of New Age, the practice of astrologies, et cetera, et cetera, which are all part of the devil's schemes to deceive. Let me say this. The greatest deception is the deception of self. When we justify our own sinfulness. That's the greatest deception. We justify our own sinfulness. Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 through 8 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, however, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Hallelujah. Now let's go to verse 3 and see the second horse that rides. When the lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. So we see the red horse and its rider, which is designated as war. Even today, everyone cries out for peace. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians that when we begin to say peace and safety, that's when sudden destruction shall come. We'll be so deceived. Everyone cries out for peace, but their own hostility to the Prince of Peace, that's Jesus, their own hostility towards the Prince of Peace provokes war in themselves, war with others, and yes, war with other nations. War, a great sword, killing many people. Now, Revelation 6, verses 5 through 6. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures, <clears throat> excuse me, saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages. And do not damage the oil and the wine. So here we have the black horse, which is famine. 
famine. Now, note the use of the plagues in this period. Uh, there will be killing by sword, famine, and plague. What we're experiencing right now is a plague. It's a pandemic of uh, thousands upon thousands of people dying because of this COVID-19. This is given as a picture of what the end time and the tribulation period could look like. Great plagues, not just one, but great plagues, taking life, bringing death and famine on the world, bringing war and famine on the war or on the world. Now, I like what Billy Graham says in his book, Approaching Hoofbeats, regarding this verse. He says, Jesus is indicating deception and false religions lead to war. And that war, in turn, leads to famine and pestilences. Hear that? One thing leads to another. One thing leads to another. Now, all these could be happening pretty well at the same time, but one thing leads to another. It begins to show great digression here with great destruction. Now, notice whatever at the last phrase he says, however, do not damage the oil and wine. Isn't that interesting? Verse 6 gives us a picture that famine is coexisting with luxury. And that's the way the world's operating today. It will continue in such manner. While some businesses are going out of business, others got to buy them up. When farms are being sold, corporate farms, so to speak, are buying them out. With the great oil problems going on, I guarantee you, there are going to be oil companies that are going to get fatter and fatter. While smaller oil companies are going under. You get the picture. Uh, there's going to be great, the richer get richer, and, it's, yes, and the poor get poor. That's what's going to happen more and more, even in the age of the tribulation. But here we go. Notice this. Amos 8, verse 11 says that we, the greatest famine is a famine of the word of God. The greatest famine is the famine of the word of God. So hear me. Spiritual death follows spiritual death starvation. I hope you're not starving yourself from the word of life, the bread of life. I hope that you're eating daily of heaven's manna. I hope that you're not starving your children the opportunity to read God's word because spiritual death follows spiritual starvation. And then let's go to the last horse, the fourth horse in verses seven and eight. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth and living creature say, come, I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth. Listen to that, a fourth of the earth's population to kill by the sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beast of the earth. So we see here that these all culminate with great conquest, with great destruction, with lots of death, one-fourth of the world will perish because of these four horses and their riders. So we see here the last, the fourth, is the pale horse, the sickly, green-colored-looking pale horse. Death is its rider, and Hades is following close behind. Authority has been given through these uh, four riders to take one-fourth of the world's population. Uh, hell, hell is close behind because hell is the place of punishment. The dead are receiving their wages, according to Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. 
The wages of sin is death. So hell, <clears throat> hell is the place of punishment. The dead are receiving their due wages. They have been servants of sin, the Bible says. They have been slaves to sin. And death and hell have a rightful authority to claim them, according to Romans 6, verses 16 through 21. See, friend, death takes the body, hell the soul. Death takes the body, hell the soul. So what do we do? What do we do in the midst of all of this? Seeing those days of soon approaching upon planet earth. Jesus said, see that you are not led astray. Secondly, in the words of Jesus, to help us in this day and time, Jesus said these words, see that you're not alarmed. See that you're not alarmed. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians where Paul is wrapping up much of the discussion of the end times and he tells us that the Antichrist has been revealed in chapter 5, the man of lawlessness in chapter 5. The rapture has taken place in chapter 4. Uh, the Thessalonians are a people that have been persecuted, uh, and they're, they're sick with worry and fear. They're, they're afraid that they've missed the coming of the Lord, and they're entered into the time of tribulation, which they understood what's coming on the earth. The Apostle Paul has tried to give them words of comfort, words of hope, all right? in the midst of all this. But then he also needs to say, all right, until then, this is how you ought to live, that you're not alarmed. So let's go to verse uh, 12 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and read from there. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. <clears throat> Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. I got to say, that my staff and I really appreciate all the kind words that people have posted on Facebook, texts that they've sent us during this time of separation. Thank you for thinking of us. Thank you for praying for us. God bless you richly. You've been honoring us. You've been doing exactly what the Apostle Paul says. And I want to say thank you, and I want to commend you for that. God bless you richly. Then notice what he says here. Live in peace with each other. How do we get along? How do we live not alarmed? How do we live not in fear? How, how, how can we overcome anxiety? He says, live in peace with each other. Live in peace intentionally, in other words. How do we do that? He goes ahead and says it in verse 14. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Aren't you glad that the word of God is so practical? It's so practical. So intentionally, every, intentionally, we want to live in peace, helping others, being patient with others, encouraging others, et cetera, et cetera. Then secondly, he says, uh, as, as living in peace, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. It's not a time for revenge. God will take care of all that. What do we do instead? We're to try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Kindness. Kindness should rule in this day and hour. Amen. All right, so if I want to live in peace, I, I treat other people with kindness. I'm patient with them. I'm encouraging them, et cetera, et cetera. How do we not be alarmed in this day and time? Choose joy daily. Joy is something you choose to have every single day. Notice what the Word of God says in verse 16. He says, be joyful always. Uh, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on in your life, 
choose joy. And I've got to remind you, Jesus is our joy. Our relationship with him is what gives us joy. And so it's an attitude that we have. Hey, by the grace of God, I'm alive. Hey, by the grace of God, I'm here. Hey, by the grace of God, I'm going to heaven soon. Uh, I'm going to live forever with him. And so therefore, today I choose joy. Amen? And then thirdly, not to be alarmed, but to live in peace, we want to pray continually. It's what he says in verse 17. Pray continually. You say, I can't spend 24 hours on my knees in prayer. No, 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 no. But just while you're going about your work. Yeah, you have your designated prayer time. I hope you do every day uh, when you get time with God alone and Bible reading and prayer. But, but beyond the day, beyond that time, beyond that hour or 15 minutes, whatever you spend, you're, you're consistent. You know, it's just like in preparing for this message, all throughout my study time, I'm saying, okay, Lord, give me the right words to say. Give me the message you want me to preach. You know, Mama, aren't you praying always? God, help me with that child. Help me not to kill that child. Help me not to hurt my baby. Aren't you kind of praying those? You might be tempted to at times, so you got to pray, God, help me. God, give me grace. And, and then you might need to be praying, God, heal my baby. Heal my baby right now. You know, that's what mamas do. That's what, dads, help me provide, help me take care of, help me, help me protect my family, help me make the wise decisions. We pray continually. And then fourthly, we want to give thanks always. Take note here in verse 18, he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. One of the best attitudes you could ever have is Gratitude. What can you give thanks for today? This next week, you'll probably want to be giving thanks for your mother. Giving thanks to God for the blessings you have. Now, some of you say, well, Pastor, you don't know my mom. We didn't have a good relationship. Well, thank God for his grace that will help you be a, a, a good mother. And some of you I know are going to experience Mother's Day and say, well, I'm, I, I can't have kids. I've never had children. But thank God for the opportunity to be a good mother of Israel, as the Bible calls that if you don't have children of your own, you can reach out to others and be a blessing. The Bible calls that a mother of Israel. And he speaks great blessings upon mothers of Israel. So thank God that you have the opportunity to serve as a mother of Israel. Taking care of God's people. Taking care of God's kids. Nurturing, caring for them, providing, helping them, encouraging them, etc. So we're to give thanks always in all circumstances, no matter what. How do we, why, why should we give? Because he is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always there for you. So let me ask you this question as we wrap it up today. Do you want God's peace today? Instead of living by fear, you're living by faith. Do you want God's peace today ruling in your hearts? What would help with that is, are you ready for eternity? Are you ready to see Jesus face to face? Are, are you ready to give him an answer? And when he says, why should I let you into God's good heaven? Will you be able to say what he needs you to say? It's not a matter of climbing the right ladder like saying, I've done all these good, I've done all these good works and, and looking around and compared to that person, I ought to go into heaven. I haven't been that bad. I've been really good. No, friend, that's the wrong ladder. It doesn't go high enough if it is a ladder. What the deal is, it's by grace that we have been saved. Will you be able to say, Lord Jesus, I believed in you, that your grace could save me and redeem me. You forgave me of my sins. You've lived in my heart. I gave my life to you. 
That's how we get to heaven. Are you ready? If not, it wasn't easy because it cost Jesus his life, and it will cost you. To walk for the Lord is a challenge in this day and hour. But it's simple. A, B, and C. A, admit that you are a sinner and you need a Savior. We've all made mistakes. We've all sinned, and we need forgiveness. So admit it. B, believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead. He is alive today. And because he is alive, he can give you new life. Put your belief and trust in the one who's been raised from the dead. That's Jesus Christ. And then C, confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. He's the leader of your life forever and for good. When you make that proclamation, the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're ready to say that, if you're ready to declare that, and you want his peace, and you want to be right and ready to go to heaven when he returns, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I've sinned and made mistakes. I ask you, by virtue of your grace and your love, to forgive me of all my sins. Please come and live in my heart. And I declare today that I believe, Jesus, you have been raised from the dead. You're alive, and your life gives me new life. I invite you to come and live in my heart and I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior and I will follow you all the days of my life. I put my life in your hands and because you gave your life for me, I now give my life to you. I thank you that one day I'll be able to worship you with thousands upon thousands of others all around the throne. You are my holy Lamb of God. I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I want to speak a blessing over you. Thank you for praying that prayer. If you prayed that prayer and you've accepted Christ, please just text the word SAVED. That's all you need to say, SAVED, to that number, 62488. I want to welcome you into the family of God and say congratulations. We want to come alongside you and help you in this new relationship just like a babe, so to speak, a babe in Christ. We want to help you in this new relationship to walk successfully and be strong in the Lord. All right? Saved to the number 62488. Now I want to speak and declare this blessing upon all of you as we wait for the Lord's return. He is to come very soon. Amen? Paul wraps it up in 1 Thessalonians 5. Just put your hand over your heart. I want to speak this priestly blessing over you. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. God bless you. We hope to see you again next Sunday. We're going to have a fantastic Mother's Day. Uh, I'm not going to let it all out of the bag right now, but it's going to be a great day, one of the best days in the, in the history of a Bon Alive family. So God bless you. God bless you. Have a great week of peace in Jesus' name. Amen.